Hello, my lovely people, and welcome to The Fletcher Files, a Murder, She Wrote podcast with your host, Monty. (laughs) This week, we will be talking about It Runs in the Family, Season 4, Episode 6, first aired November 1st, 1987, and the IMDb summary reads, Jessica's British cousin, Emma McGill, is charged with an old flames murder. Yeah, straight to the point and basic, okay? <laughs> Apparently they were tired and we're like, let's just get to the point. So let's get into the trivia, the returners, and the cast, and then the episode, okay? So the song that Emma sings, How'd You Like to Spoon With Me, was also performed by Angela Lansbury, or as we know her, Jessica Fletcher, you know, but the real person, in the movie Till the Clouds Roll By in 1946. And there were a lot of heavy hitters in that movie as well. So if you can find it, maybe you want to watch it, right? (laughs) So the returners, there are no returners this week. So let's get into the cast and right into the episode. So we have the Constable family which consists of Lord Jeffrey, Derek, Johnny, Sybil, Pauline, and Arthur. We then have Humphrey Defoe, Gwen Petrie, Inspector Frost, Dr. Blandings, Reverend Twilly, and Miss Dexter Huntley. And of course, we have Emma McGill in place of Jessica Fletcher. So let's get started. So we open up at the Cambridge bar with Emma and two of her friends. And they're talking about old times. We already know that Emma was a stage actress, but she's like, listen, I ain't going back to singing. My voice has more cracks than an old teapot. She She's a card, okay? I love Emma. Just <laughs> off top. Anyway, so Humphrey, who is the solicitor, or I'm guessing, I think that means lawyer in uh, England. And he is there on behalf of the 18th Viscount, uh, Viscount sorry, of Black Raven. And she's like, say what, say who? <laughs> like you may remember him better as lieutenant and in America we call him lieutenant it's spelled the same Jeffrey Constable and she's like oh my gosh yes of course I remember Jeffrey yes he's a lord now what okay fancy and so Humphrey is like he would love to see you uh and he then proceeds to give her an envelope she's like oh exciting what's in this envelope it is a thousand pounds okay (laughs) and she's like wait, he ain't got to give me money to pay a friend a call. Like, I'll go see about him. That's not a thing. And Humphrey says, well, he was concerned that you wouldn't remember him. And you can see Emma going back in her mind. And she remembers him fondly for sure. And she's like, oh, I'd be honored to go and visit him. So Humphrey says, well, I will pick you up tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. at your flat. And he tells her the reason that this is so happening so quickly or we need to do this so quickly is because the that Jeffrey is dying. 
which I'm like, dang, you couldn't tell her that on the drive. You're going to just tell her that and then leave, like not even give her any comfort or whatnot. And I'm wondering how he has her address. Like, was she living there when she knew Jeffrey back in 1943? Now, it's 1987. So that was 44 years ago. Now, we'll see if they're still talking about 44 years ago or not. So the next scene, they are driving out to where Jeffrey lives. So when they arrive at the constable residence, Emma gets out of the vehicle and she sees like how it's a mansion. It's a mansion. They're important people, right? And she's like, she is basically concerned that it's been 40 something years. And the way Jeffrey remembers her is not who she is now. And basically she's concerned that he'll be disappointed, you know, and Humphrey, uh, Mr. Belvedere, yes, but Humphrey <laughs> is right on it. And he's like, listen, the, Vi the Viscount is not 22. Emma was 19 when in 1943. And however, the years have been good to both of you. So he's like, don't even worry about it. Like he got old too, but he ain't decrepit, decrepit. And you are, you look amazing for your age, right? So that means she's like a little over 60 and he's in his mid 60s. So they go in the house and they meet Sybil, who is Jeffrey's sister. They then, in passing, meet Pauline, who we find out is Jeffrey's niece, by way of his brother, who predeceased Jeffrey, and obviously Sybil. Pauline is running after Derek, her 19-year-old son, who is like, I don't want to be found. He's a jerk. Like, we're not even going to deal with him. He's a problem. Anyway, so... Humphrey is taking Emma upstairs to meet or reconnect with Jeffrey. So as they're going up the stairs, Emma is like, uh, is Derek Jeffrey's son? And Humphrey's like, no, his grand nephew. She's like, okay. Basically, Pauline married into the family and she's just acting, you know, upper crust and snobby. Whereas Sybil is a sister to Jeffrey. So she grew up in luxury. Now that's going to be interesting in like two seconds. Remembering that they are royalty junior, I would say. <laughs> and so Emma is like, listen, I remember Jeffrey's being salt of the earth, just real humble. And Humphrey says, no, he definitely still is. Like, don't let the title fool you. He had to take his place, but he's still the same person that you remember. Well, clearly 40 years later, so life lessons have been learned. So he's not the same person, but the same good qualities that you remember, he apparently still has. So Humphrey takes her into the room where Jeffrey is, and they both just like, definitely you can see on Jeffrey's face, that he legitimately is ecstatic to see her. And I think, and Emma definitely is as well, but I think she's just overwhelmed by 
the version of him that she had at 22. They're just two young kids um, living out in this world, probably in the theater and, and stuff like that. Now he is a lord, you know, <laughs> living in this mansion and it's been 40 years. And I don't mean by his appearances, she's shocked or overwhelmed, but I mean just the whole situation because it's less than 24 hours ago that she was told that he wanted to see her. So, you know, like all night she was remembering their time together 40 plus years ago. So we find out from Jeffrey that he and Humphrey have been friends for years, that back when they were both in the military at war, like in Burma at war, that Jeffrey would constantly talk about Emma and that's how he kept his sanity, which is like amazing. But (laughs) this is what I mean when I say it's interesting that Sybil grew up in this lap of luxury and their father and their entire line had this title, right? 17 prior generations had this title. But Jeffrey, probably at his own insistence, went into the military and to war, right? Because I'm sure, I believe that in England, you have to, I, you know what? I don't even know. So let me, let me assume, but we know that both Harry and William in today's day and age, they both went into the military. Now, Harry chose to really put a hundred percent forward and actually be active as much as he could as a prince, right? So it appears that Jeffrey, you know, not having a title yet, but being the relative or in direct line to receive this title, I'm sure he could have gotten out of going to war, but he didn't. And I think that's commendable that he went in and put himself into his military service and even went to war. You know, I'm just like, why didn't he, you know, search for Emma after that? But we find out in a second why he didn't. So Jeffrey tells her that he only has a couple of months to live and he wanted to see her one last time before he died. He also told her that he has been keeping track of her and her career over the years and that it was he how did he put it? He makes reference to sing a song of murder where Oliver Trumbull's daughter tried to murder her, right? So yeah, nice callback in this one, but it's a direct callback and it it makes sense. And it shows that he has been keeping up with her as well as the different plays and musicals that she's been in. So we find out that Emma has never been married. She was like, it really just never, you know, figured into my plans. You know, I, I never did. We find out that Jeffrey did get married and he was married for 34 years, but it was an arranged marriage by his father, you know, status, their part of royalty. I guess like, I don't know if this is just like a regular government position or if this is like a royalty position, it's a lord. So I'm guessing a royalty position. 
So, you know, you can't just marry anyone. He definitely couldn't marry, you know, a showgirl, not the type of showgirl we think of. But, you know, Emma is Emma, right? (laughs) She is, I love this hot pink suit, but it's hot pink, but it's a business cut suit for a lady. So it's just the perfect outfit for her because it's bright, it's loud, but it's respectful. You know what I mean? It's appropriate in the cut of it. I love it. And so she couldn't, she couldn't be on his arm as in the world that he lived in for real. And I'm assuming that he was not in a position such as William was not in a position where you could just leave your family, you know, leave your responsibilities. You're in direct line to this title. So you kind of have, you can only be but so rebellious. So him running off to marry Emma wasn't going to happen. And plus they wouldn't have gotten married because Emma wasn't trying to marry anybody. They would have just been in a long-term committed relationship. And you know, his stuffy family would not have approved of that, especially when he is in direct line for a title. So we find out that not, and the worst part is it not only was it arranged, but he says it was loveless and childless. So the childless part, hey, listen, things happen. But the loveless part, I'm like, at least y'all ain't even in 34 years, you ain't even grow to like her to love her. (laughs) That's awful. So you spent 34 years with this person and you did not even learn to love them? Yikes. That, wow. So we also, (laughs) we'll just leave that where it lay. But we also find out that he wanted to bring her here also because he wanted to tell her specifically that he's leaving her a house and it comes with a little bit of income. So I don't know, I'm guessing it's rented out or something like that. As she wants to refuse it, but he's like, no, this is what I want to do for you. And the fact is, if she definitely would not have accepted it, if he had died and she was notified by Humphrey that, hey, remember that guy from 40 some odd years ago? Yay, nay, whatever. He left you a house with income. So I'm gonna need you to come and sign these papers. She would have never taken it. But here he is specifically requesting that she take it and that he's giving this to her and that's the least he could do and it would make him feel better. I think she would clearly take it and this is the only way she would and he knew that. The next scene, we are getting ready with Pauline and her husband, Arthur, and she has the absolute nerve, the unmitigated gall to be like, Emma is ill-bred and common. Girl, ma'am, okay, ma'am, you are the daughter of a baker, okay? You were real common and unbred before you married Arthur and had to pull it together to be appropriate. I'm sure that if Your father must have owned the bakery because I'm sure they would not have allowed Arthur, who is directly in line for the lordship, to marry a commoner. So you need to be counting your blessings that you were even accepted in the family and allowed 
for Arthur to marry you. Now, maybe the grandfather who died unexpectedly a few weeks before, he was old, but they didn't, he wasn't sickly old, apparently, that his uncle only has the title for not that long. So, and the uncle is dying, unfortunately. So he's like, I don't think the grandfather expected to die when he did. I'm sure he's expected his son, Jeffrey, to live many, many years. So by the time Arthur would have taken the title, you know, this commoner couldn't have done much damage as a lady. I don't even know if you're a lady if you're married to a lord or if you're just like miss. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know how that works. But the whole status of being able to say that you're the wife of, you know, the 19th Viscount of Black Raven. So she got the, the nerve. We then meet Johnny, who is another nephew of Jeffrey and Sybil. So there's another brother that we haven't met. I don't know if we ever meet him. He might have pre, I think, the other brother predeceased them. So Johnny, the nephew, has brought in his girlfriend, Gwen Petrie. And she also has on a loud suit, has a full hat on that matches the suit. So it's a bright color. But if you look at the construction of it, it's appropriate for this situation, right? Just like Emma. And Pauline was like, oh, at least, you know, Miss McGill will have somebody to talk to. Like, you're disgusting and I don't like you and he should divorce you and give you nothing. So there's that. But even if he gives you anything, you can't have the title that that, he needs to divorce you before he gets the title. That would just make me feel better. (laughs) But I will say Sybil is not thrilled about it either, about Gwen And you can just see it all over her face. And Humphrey is just like, hey, hey, this is hilarious how uncomfortable these people are with Emma and now with Gwen. So Humphrey goes to get Gwen, well, take Gwen to get something to drink. And she asks for a pint of beer. Like, all right, girl, (laughs) she ain't got no shame. What? And as soon as they walk off, Sybil grabs Johnny's arm and it's like, why would you bring her here? He's like, what do you mean? Someone that's cheap, obviously. Girl, what? Oh, these are the worst type of people. Because don't, don't be like, oh, Johnny means well. No, because he's like, oh, I heard she's here. Uncle Jeffrey's music hall queen. Okay. What? Oh, he trash too. Like the whole family is trash, except for Jeffrey. Humphrey's not family, but Humphrey's not trash either. They they are the only two. I haven't decided about Arthur yet. We've only seen him for two seconds, but he's married to Pauline. So I'm like, "Mm, mm, you can't see how trash she is and how terrible your son is. And how lousy of a job you guys did raising him. I don't know about Arthur either. So we find out that the only reason that Johnny is there is to ensure that his name is on the will. That's it. 
point blank, a period. So the next scene, we're at dinner with everyone. We find out that Gwen is a dancer or is taking lessons to be a dancer. And so Sybil is like, what are you going to do after? Like, is your goal to dance in Swan Lake? And she's like, girl, I can't sing. I'm like, wait, what? everybody is like looking down at their plate like, um... Okay, you know, there's just dancers in Swan Lake. Like, you ain't got a thing. Okay, wow. Clearly to show that she's uncultured, but she never said what type of dancing she was learning how to do. Okay. We also find out that her day job is as Johnny's personal assistant. So whatever he needs she'll do. I'm like, hmm. Yeah, everybody's suspicious about that. Yeah. So we then have Emma, she's pushing stuff around on her plate. And Jeffrey's like, Oh, is there a problem, Emma? And she's like, Yeah, pickled herring. And Jeffrey's like, Yeah, I specially ordered them for you. And he tells the rest of the table, Emma and I found this really great restaurant that we used to go to back in the day. And Emma's like, yeah, they closed shortly after you left uh, because there was a rash of food poisoning from the pickled herring. And I caught some myself. So I haven't been able to look a herring in the eye (laughs) since then, right? So Jeffrey's like, oh, no worries, more for me. And he then proceeds to take it off of her plate. So the next scene, it's after dinner and Pauline is doing a train wreck of a job playing the piano. So you're telling me, okay, okay, listen, listen, you were judging Emma, who has made a career of singing, possibly dancing and acting and playing the piano, singing. Like she's not just a singer, but she also plays the piano. So there's that, right? So you were talking crazy about her and you don't have a real job at all other than stand being available to go to events with your husband, who is an attorney. I assume because they said senior partner. So I take that as being an attorney, a solicitor, a barrister, something to that effect. Right. But it could be some other business where you ha- he could be an accountant and be a senior partner in the accounting firm. I don't know. They may tell us what he does, but I'm going to assume it's a a lawyer. Okay. So you have no discernible skills. You could not even learn how to play the piano. Now, I don't know how to play the piano, but I never tried. So there's that. Okay. But you want to play in front of people after you done talked crazy about Emma and you feel like you better? You're not better, girl. You're not better. Okay, and you should be shamed to play that tragically in front of people. Anyway, so they're going to call on Emma to come clean this up because everybody is just uncomfortable and upset. Okay, (laughs) so Emma comes to the piano and is extremely talented in both singing and playing the piano. Yes, Angela Lansbury. Yes. Honestly, they should have had more opportunities for Angela to actually sing 
But that would be really random as Jessica Fletcher. So there's that. But like, maybe, I think there's at least one more Emma McGill episode. And I, and I feel like they're both in it. I could be making that up. But <laughs> I think there may be. But maybe more Emma McGill episodes. But it's funny because Emma is like, I haven't sung in years. I'm like, but two seasons ago, you were singing and you had a nightly show. So I'm assuming that they sold that theater and she stopped singing after that. So she tries to sing like something proper, an English folk song that wasn't so folksy like we would think of in the U.S. But and it's just so amazing because you're look and it's like. Angela is singing and they just put that over Angela acting as Emma. (laughs) Like you can tell it's a track, but we know that it's the actual Angela Lansbury singing it. It's not some third party singing instead of, but Jeffrey's like, no, 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 that's cute. That's cute. That's cute. But you know what song I want you to play. And she's like, this is not appropriate. And he's like, yes, it is. Play my song. So she's like, I don't even remember the words. It's been so long. He's like, I remember them. (laughs) Jeffrey is spicy. So she proceeds to sing, How'd You Like to Spoon With Me? And Gwen is like, oh, hey. Arthur is like, this is amazing. And Jeffrey is just living his best life. And she's like, how'd you like the spoon with me? And he's like, I would. (laughs) It's a rhetorical question. He is in it 100%. And so, (laughs) of course, Pauline is just undone. She storms into their room and she's just like, I can't believe that. You seem to be enjoying it. Arthur's like, I did. Okay. <laughs> that was lovely. And not in a, you know, that was a lowbrow type of way, like making fun of her. But he enjoyed it. He was like, oh, no. Because your piano playing is trash and you can't sing. So, mm, I enjoyed myself. <laughs> and especially seeing my uncle enjoy himself in his, you know, last and final days what's the problem and Pauline is just like she's not getting anything from this family over my dead body it's not your family you married into it that house was never going to be yours because it wasn't going to be Arthur's house so she is just undone and Arthur's like I am concerned he has a look of like I'm concerned that you are so outrageously upset about the chance of this woman getting a house that you actually will never have rights to for what he's she's like you probably thought that he should marry her 40 years ago like yeah he should have but he did not have the opportunity to because his father arranged a marriage so mm, there you go so, yeah, I, Sybil is bad, but Pauline is worse. I'm like, you couldn't even raise your son right. You didn't have a job. You couldn't even raise your son right. And you're mad at Emma for living her 
best life for being amazing because you're you're trash and your husband who is going to have a title in a few months you just can he can buy another house like I don't even understand what your concern is is it spite is it because someone who because Emma didn't have to marry in to a rich family to have status and to be somebody because she would have been somebody as a baker's daughter but clearly in her mind she wasn't anybody but Emma is somebody she's well known and you're looking down on her it's like how is how is she taking care of herself how is she living her best life how is she looking like my older sister instead of old enough to be my mother Mm-hmm. yeah you're hating from the front seat, okay? A whole mess. So the next scene, a few of them are having breakfast and Gwen and Emma are just getting along so well. Sybil is sitting at the table, just like a lump on a log. Humphrey is there reading the paper and Derek literally like just climbs out of the bushes, okay? He is not three, not four, not six, not seven. He is like 25 sheets to the wind. He is, he is hung over, hung over. Okay. <laughs> He's like, I know I look terrible. I feel worse. <laughs> and his aunt is like, I thought you had plans today. It was like, yeah, me and my girlfriend got into a tiff. So whatevs. <laughs> So you slept in the bushes? Like, what is even going on? His shirt is all disheveled and unbuttoned. (laughs) His hair was already something else, but now it's a mess. Oh, anyway. So he's like, well, how is my uncle doing? Right? Y'all just sitting here waiting for him to die. And the doctor comes down and says he is doing extremely better. He's actually getting better. He's doing excellent today. It seems like he suddenly has a reason to live. And so Sybil is just like stunned, right? And the doctor is like, he may live many, many more years at this rate. And then we see Jeffrey. He is out of the wheelchair. He is dressed to impress. He has this beautiful cane with him. So just a little bit of extra support. But he's like, I'm not going to keep rolling around in that wheelchair. He he looks so much healthier. I think it's simply because he's up and about as opposed to in the wheelchair. Like, yeah, that that's a big part of it. And so... Emma is like, oh, sit down, eat, eat, eat. And he's like, no, I don't want to spoil my appetite. We're going on a picnic. The food is on you, Emma. So, you know, pack a good lunch. So as they're, the next scene, Emma is driving Jeffrey to the picnic location. And he says, snobbery runs in the family. Okay. (laughs) Somewhat of a callback to the title. But we find out that his father, the 17th uh, Viscount, is it Viscount? Y'all know what I mean. The 17th (laughs) Viscount of Black Raven died six weeks ago. He was 87 and, you know, his health wasn't great. Um, He had to give up a lot of stuff 
but he would still sneak in chocolates. And they found him dead in his bed with chocolate wrappers all over the place. Right. So a bit of a spoiler, clearly someone poisoned him with the chocolate. We don't ever come back around to that. I don't believe. So I'm just telling you now that that's actual and factual what happened. So of course you get grandpa out the way, then uncle gets it, but uncle has a short lease on life. So then Arthur will get it. So I wonder who it could be. Now, the next scene, uh, Sybil, Pauline, and Arthur are talking to Humphrey. And Sybil is like, why did you find her? I'm like, wait a second. He, the doctor was like, your brother could live for years. Why do you want your brother to die? And not only die, but suffer and die. There is nothing, like, it's not going to change your status. You know what I mean? Like, you're still going to live in that house and you need to be real suspect because the fact is, if Arthur takes over and Pauline is now running the house, she's going to kick your behind out. So you need to be like, yeah, I'm glad you found her so you could keep her, keep uh, the, the Lord Viscount alive because you're going to be out on the street. Okay, because you ain't, you were real snobby to Pauline. And once she gets some status where her husband is the 19th Viscount, okay, then she gonna get rid of you. Like, oh, I know you ain't talking about, I know you ain't talking sideways to me in my house. I'm going to need you to get out of my house and you can't go to the um, other house that was supposed to go to Emma, but we fixed that so it wouldn't. No, you got to get out. Um, you've never had a job. Uh, hope you can find a way to make some money. You got an ex-husband? You got something? No? Oh, that's terrible. Get out of my house. So screw you, Sybil, because that don't even make no sense. You were you treat Pauline real crazy and you think that she's going to let you stay in that house after her husband takes his title? Girl, you stupid. Everybody's stupid here, not... Now we're going to see what Arthur say. Okay. Like, is he, is he on board with this or is he going, does he sit silently? Is he on board or is he going to be like, "Mm, y'all need to calm down. Like, I'm happy that my uncle is doing well, but these two women, they can kick rocks with no shoes on. Like that is terrible, terrible that you want this man to suffer and die because he got illnesses. It's not even like he is like a skydiver and it's like, oh, I hope his parachute don't open, you know, whatever. But he is suffering. And y'all like, oh, well, now he's doing better. He should be suffering so he will die. That That's the worst type of person. Ugh. Sybil and Pauline, they are, mm-mm. no, special place in hell. So we find out that Humphrey is happy about this reunion because years ago he was the person who convinced Humphrey Humphrey convinced Jeffrey not to go back and find Emma and he is like that's the biggest regret that I've ever had and Sybil is like I want you to terminate this relationship and you know because like once my brother passes away the family will decide if we want to retain your services um, I don't care. Like, I do not care. 
the fact is like y'all think that Humphrey is going to be moved by this when in fact he is not for the simple fact that he knew he was in the literal trenches with Jeffrey and he has been by his side all of these years. You think that man ain't going to be set quite nicely in his will, in Jeffrey's will, so he will never have to work again? Girl, that threat means nothing. And you're stupid to think that Jeffrey's not going to leave Humphrey a nice amount of money so that he does not have to work for you vapid, terrible people because he's too much of a friend to subject Humphrey to having to deal with those people once he's gone. So Sybil, you're dumb. Okay. Pauline, you're dumb. Okay. How about that? And Arthur is like, well, what's done is done. He's weak minded too. So who's actually going to be the one serving that title? And it's probably, it seems like it's just a title and name. Like they, it don't sound like they'd be doing anything for real, for real, like going to meetings and making laws and and stuff like that okay but this is wow he's the only one now we don't know his deceased brother but he seemed to be the only one that had any sort of sense and Sybil want to be like well we know you're the one who snuck the brandy to our father yeah but it was the chocolates that killed him not the brandy okay okay anyway next scene Emma and Jeffrey are at the picnic, just the two of them. And she has brought some pickled herrings, especially for him because she knows that he likes them. Gross, but to each his own. The thought is super sweet. That's not what I mean. I mean, the actual pickled herrings, like you could keep that. (laughs) I've never had it, so I I shouldn't speak out of turn, but... mm, I probably won't have it. When I was in Iceland, they had fermented shark, which I passed on. I was like, no, I don't need, I don't need that in my life. I don't need that experience. So I feel like pickled herrings probably in that same category. Like, no, you can just tell me what it tastes like. I'll believe it. Actually, you don't have to tell me what it tastes like. I can live my entire life without knowing. Okay, great. But I think this is super sweet. Like he is just doing so much better. Jeffrey is doing so much better just being near Emma and I love to see it. So we find out that Jeffrey wants to spend whatever time he has left with Emma and it looks like she's really considering this but then the poison takes over and kills Jeffrey. Um, Emma goes off for help. Help comes. The inspector who is looking at the scene, the homicide inspector, he believe he's demanding an autopsy. And the doctor's like, what? This was a heart attack. Like, why? what? What? Huh? And he's like, collect all this food too. So I don't know what it is that triggers the inspector to think that there's something wrong. I think maybe the simple fact that they were like, he was doing so well this morning. Or maybe the inspector already knows that there is this issue about the uncle dying and, you know, the family already planning and plotting for life after his death. So I don't know which one it is, 
Or if it's any of those and he just got like a Jessica Fletcher-esque, there's something more to this. It's not an accidental death or by natural causes. Whatever the deal is, he's like, yeah, collect all this food. All right. I want a lab analysis of everything. And so, okay. So it is pronounced Vicont, but it's spelled Viscont. Okay. So please excuse the mispronunciation in the beginning. Okay. Anyway, so the inspector goes to the house to speak with everybody. And of course, Sybil is front and center. And this is this is the messed up part, right? I'm not going to reveal who the murderer is just yet. Because it was murder. Surprise. But you're going to poison somebody? He's already having medical issues. But you're going to poison him? Really? So like he has to know that he's dying before he dies like what sort of terrible person are you that you're like "Ah, I'll just poison him whatever yeah (laughs) what any a whole mess at least the grandfather died in his sleep from whatever poisoning they put in there just put some sleeping pills why you gotta put cyanide or whatever the heck and he gotta suffer and die just give him a bunch of sleeping pills and and something and that'll be that Y'all real treacherous. There there is definitely a special place in hell for them. And I hope they have a terrible time on earth too. Shoot. So as the inspector is speaking with Sybil, just briefly, he's asking for, he lets them know that Jeffrey died. He does not say his suspicions at all. Great. And he asks to speak with Miss McGill. And they say, oh, she's on the terrace. Then Pauline trash comes up and it's like hi I'm the wife of the new Viscount any questions you have you can direct them to me like your uncle is literally still warm okay he's still freaking warm and you're talking about you're the wife of the new Viscount like isn't there supposed to be like some sort of ceremony or something. Can your uncle be buried first? Just like the worst type of people. Like, and he wasn't even like a terrible person. Jeffrey was good people. He cared about them. He let them live in this house because I'm sure he could have kicked them right out as soon as that grandfather died. It's like, y'all could only stay here because of him. Y'all could kick rocks, move out. Goodbye. Okay, but he didn't. He didn't cause no trouble. He ain't talked back to nobody. He didn't ruffle any feathers. He didn't even want the title. He was just entitled to it. Okay, so he wasn't, you know, if y'all would have sat down and had a conversation, maybe he would have just abdicated to Arthur. Why y'all got to kill him? Like, honestly, why he got to die when you could have just been like, hey, I know that you ain't doing well, you know, how about you just focus on your health and then Arthur can take over the duties as the 19th Viscount. Like, we could do it like that, you know, and that'll be that on that, you know, and you could just live your life however you want to live out your final days here and enjoying it. And that would have solved everybody's problem. He probably would have been on board with that because it's like, I don't need this drama. I don't care about no title. What? 
Anyway, so the inspector goes outside to speak with Emma and she's out there with Humphrey, who's like, I'll stay. She'll need, you know, someone to lean on. And the inspector is like, oh, you're, you're a solicitor, uh, an attorney. Okay, yeah, you should stay. So basically, the inspector is like, we're not sure that it was natural causes um, resulting in Jeffrey's death. He had a sallowness to his skin. There was a cloudiness in his eyes. And some of the food smelled tainted. So we're looking into that, but we'll know better after the autopsy. So he leaves and Emma is just like, oh my God, he suspects me. I can't believe this. You know, one, that Jeffrey was poisoned and two, that he suspects me. So yeah, yikes. But Emma is about to put her Jessica Fletcher hat on, okay? Because it runs in the family, just like snobbery runs in the constable family. Um, Detective, logic, crime solving criminology runs in the McGill family. Okay. Because Jessica is a McGill originally. Fletcher, well, you know, her husband was in real estate, but this is the McGill line we're talking about. All right. (laughs) So Sybil, Pauline and Arthur go to the vicar or priest to make arrangements for Jeffrey's death, well, funeral service and burial. And the vicar is like, hey, um, I feel like it was so like a few days ago that we were here to lay Rupert to rest, your father, speaking to Sybil. And she's like, "Ah, it was a few months ago. Okay. Like, (laughs) what? Anyway, so as they're leaving, Derek like rides up on a horse. Okay, straight up horseback. (laughs) Looking like an old spice commercial, right? And asks his mother for a few hundred pounds because some friends of his are going to on a trip. And Pauline's like, oh, we'll talk about it later. And Arthur is like, no, we'll talk about it now. You're gonna have to start earning your money. The well has run dry. And Pauline is stunned by this. And Arthur's like, I am the Viscount of Black Raven. And that's a title that's going to pass down to you one day. And I'm going to make sure that you're deserving of it. And so Pauline's like, Arthur, we'll talk about this when we get home privately. He's like, no, we won't. So, oh, 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 Pauline thought, oh, I'm going to get this title. I got this weak-minded husband. I'm going to run this. I'm going to be the via countess and stuff like that. And people are going to respect me. Oh, 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 her husband was like, oh, now I got this title. There is a requirement. There is a decorum. There are responsibilities that I have. And seeing as this is going to pass down to my son and he is, has had no training whatsoever on how to be a decent human being other than womanizing and playing tennis and skiing that he's about to learn. And so Pauline is just like stuck on stupid. Like you thought, oh girl, you thought 
you thought. And Sybil better be back there sitting there quietly trying to figure out if he going to kick her out the house too. Because Arthur done came, he done changed up the Viacount the 19th is not playing these games that Arthur Constable was playing. But the 19th Viacount is like, ooh, no, I run this. Okay, y'all are going to straighten up. Y'all not going to be out here acting like snobs. Oh, you were like, I like that piano playing and singing from Emma and you were making fun of me. You're getting in line too, wife. Get in line. Okay, you think it's just about parties and that you're going to run this house? You're not. You're not. You've done a terrible job with our son. Blame me too, because I didn't do my part, but you did a terrible job making our son into uh, you know, a leech, a rich snob leech, like pro- probably most of his friends. He couldn't even keep a job in the bank that his father got him. Oh, it's going to be real difficult for them. So the next scene we're in with the inspector, Humphrey and Emma at the inspector's office, we find out that there were strychnine poison put into well, that was the murder weapon. And the inspector says, well, the family believes that it's you. They told me about your inheritance, but I disagree. I don't believe it was you. And he's like, okay, take me through exactly what happened. I need you to be 100% honest with me. She's like, I prepared the food. And he's like, did you prepare the herring? And she's like, no, I used what was left from last night. Like I didn't like prepare from scratch or something. I just took what was left. And then I went upstairs to change into something more comfortable. And so the inspector was like, oh, leaving it unattended. And so Humphrey's like, oh, so then someone, you're suggesting that someone could have put the poison in the food. And the inspector says, no, just the herring. Because those who were at the table last night heard Emma make a big deal about the fact that she did not like herring and Jeffrey made a big deal about how much he loved pickled herring. So they knew that she was not going to eat any of it and that would make her the perfect foil for this murder because he was going to eat it and she was not. So Jessica, Jessica, (laughs) my bad, because like in the previous scene, Emma was holding a book of Jessica's and we saw the back cover, which has the author's photo. So (laughs) we see Emma and Jessica together again. And so Emma brings up the fact that the way Jeffrey was talking about his father, that perhaps the father was poisoned. If somebody is trying to get Jeffrey out the way, Maybe they wanted to get Rupert out the way if they're so desperate to get the title. So, yeah. Now, the inspector is like, I think that is a good point. And I'm going to look into it. So the next scene, they go to the family house to get permission to exhume the grandfather's body. Right? Now, it's crazy because... Johnny has slicked his hair back. He looks like a completely different person. Okay. And he has on a Miami Vice suit. So (laughs) 
wow, how different an evening makes. And Arthur is like, you're overstepping your authority. Like, dude, let's see. I believe they eventually give him permission or they get permission somehow, some way. But mm, we, spoiler, never find out whether the grandfather was poisoned. So there is that. So the next scene, they are uninterring the grandfather's casket. Humphrey pulls up. He's like, oh, I don't see the family here. And Emma is there. And she's like, uh, yeah, they're really upset. I think they want to kill me. Okay. I didn't do anything. And so we find out from Humphrey that uh, Johnny Constable, the nephew, is involved is allegedly a real estate tycoon who's not really a tycoon. And he's gotten involved with some really shady people from the Middle East, very general. And he's having money problems, severe money problems. But Humphrey sources couldn't get him any more information. And Jessica is, Jessica, (laughs) sorry, Emma is like, oh, you're probably talking to the wrong person. Next scene, Emma is speaking with Gwen, Johnny's quote unquote, personal assistant. Now, also two scenes ago, we see Johnny preparing to go out shooting with Derek. That's going to come back around. So mm, just that you know. So we find out from Gwen that Johnny is in deep with some Arabic men that he made a bunch of promises that he could not deliver on. And that the reason he was there that this weekend was to ask his uncle Jeffrey for a hundred thousand pound. Well, she said quid, but pound. Pounds. So we also find out that Johnny had previously, before Rupert died, had asked him for a hundred thousand pounds. And he was turned down flat. And so Johnny was very upset about this because Johnny had been the one who had been smuggling chocolate in for him. And that Sybil and Pauline found out and they were upset, but Johnny didn't care because he just wanted to make his great or his grand uncle happy in his, you know, old age. So as they're talking, Humphrey runs in and he says, we have to get back to the estate because there's been a hunting accident. Derek has been shot. Now we don't know if he did or not, but he's been shot. So they go to notify Pauline. Thankfully, Emma remembers part of the name of the person that she was having lunch with and Humphrey recalls the rest. Derek Hun, yet Mrs. Derek Hunley. And so they go to notify Pauline and Humphrey comes back. Well, Pauline comes running out, hops in her car and speeds off. And we notice that her tires and rims are muddy. We also remember that she had it freshly washed and it was to be spotless before she left for lunch. So clue. Anyway, so Humphrey gets back in the car with just Emma (laughs) and Gwen. And says, oh, I'm glad that I caught them before they started to eat. And Emma's like, oh, but it's, she doesn't say what time it is, but clearly it's enough time that if lunch was at one, they should have already eaten by this point. 
or at least started, if not finished eating by this point, but we don't know what time it is as of yet. So they get back. Um, Derek blames Johnny. Now he did not see who shot him. And Johnny denies that he fired anywhere near Derek, that he himself heard a shot. And so Emma comes in and she waves over the inspector and she's like, I don't think he did it, meaning Johnny. And it's like, let me show you something. So she takes him outside to show him something and they come back. While they're gone, Gwen says, yeah, my Johnny may be a bit gamey, but he, which I'll admit, but he ain't shooting nobody. <laughs> so I'm like, stand up for your man, girl, stand up for him. And he did not shoot anybody. So she was actually in the right. So I'll give her that. She was standing up for her man. She didn't know, but she believed and she was correct. So, okay. Hey, Gwen. All right. You better wife her. She believe in you. Okay. <laughs> So the inspector comes in and asks Johnny to accompany him down to the precinct, which Johnny eventually agrees and goes off. So they see a car take off with Johnny. Derek then goes up to bed. Emma comes in and well, Gwen follows Johnny out. She says she's going with him because like I said, she believes in him. Okay. She is by his side. That is more than a personal assistant. Okay. Get her a ring. Okay. <laughs> and set a date and actually have that date. Okay. Marry that woman. So anyway, so Emma is like, okay, I'm almost finished packing. I'm gonna leave. So she goes, she gets her back. She brings it back down. And, um, there, <laughs> Sybil's like, there's a 445 train. So if you hurry, you can catch it. We wouldn't want you to miss it. And Emma's like, on that, I agree. Bye. So they go outside and Sybil and Pauline follow them out to make sure that she leaves, right? So I forget, Arthur went to find an attorney. He went to go to Edgar, I forget his last name's house, um, to talk to him about representing Johnny. Now, what I didn't realize is Johnny is Arthur's brother. Okay. So yeah, Johnny is not Derek's cousin. He's Derek's uncle. <laughs> there is a large age gap between these three siblings, these four siblings. I'm sorry. So there's Jeffrey, who is in his 60s. There is Sybil, who is in her 60s, let's be honest. And I'm assuming never married or anything because she is still a constable. So like, mm, yeah, how'd that work out for you? Then you have Arthur, who is probably in his 40s or 50s, who's married to Pauline, and they have Derek. So there's only one grandchild and so that's why Derek is in line to receive the title because his father's in line to receive the title. Jeffrey didn't have any children. So it will go to his next oldest brother. I guess that's how it works. If you don't have any siblings, not any, if you don't have any children or sons specifically, it looks like it goes down the male line. Then 
it would, that's why it went to Arthur, his brother. And since Arthur has a male son, Derek, it would go to Derek. So back to the story. Now, (laughs) Emma and Humphrey get into Humphrey's car and it won't start. And so Humphrey has removed the distributor cap. So it won't start because this is a plot and a plan that Jessica would normally set up, but Emma is on this one. So they get out and walk over to Pauline's car, which is the only other vehicle there and ask, can we use your car? Because mine won't start. And she's like, no. And so Sybil is like, what? Let's get her to the train station. Like, what is the problem? Let's get her out of here. Get her out of our lives. Get us out. Get her out of our hair. Let them use the car. What's the problem? So Pauline is really apprehensive about letting them use it. Humphrey's like, is there a reason why you don't want us to use it? And the inspector comes back around and both Pauline and Sybil are like, we saw you leave. And he's like, no, that was my sergeant who left. Yeah. So you don't have a problem, Pauline, with us looking in the trunk of your car, which I think is interesting because they usually refer to it as a boot, but he said trunk. So American writers, there you go. And so Pauline's like, yeah, I have a problem with that. So Sybil is having none of this. She, she's caught on that there's something really wrong. So she says, the car is registered to me, inspector. Yes, you have my permission to check in the boot, right? Meaning the trunk for those of us who speak English. American English, because that's rude. <laughs> American English. And so the inspector gets the keys, opens up the trunk and finds a rifle, a long distance rifle and a pair of like rain boots that are muddy, right? And so Sybil is actually the one who unlocked the trunk. So she sees this and is like, oh my God. And she's like, you tried to murder your own son? And she's like, no, just injure him. Like I had to do it. I had to to make it look like Johnny. And so Sybil's like, what? That Johnny killed Jeffrey and possibly my father? Well, she said Rupert. So mm. Rupert, like what, what in the world? So the inspector points out the fact that Emma saw the car being washed at uh, first thing in the morning. And Pauline's like, yes. It's like, well, why are your tires muddy? Maybe it's because you were driving through the forest. And she's like, no, 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 no. They find the gun, they find the boots. And the inspector is like, well, you left this house at 1245 for a short trip over to Miss Dexter Hundley's home for tea, which was supposed to occur at 1 p.m. sharp. Right now, we remember in that scene, she said 1 p.m. sharp. You know, something light. I think we should watch our waistline. So I'm like, girl... Anyway, and that by 1.35 p.m., they still hadn't eaten because the guest of honor had not shown up yet. So what were you doing for all that time? Perhaps you were driving through the forest, Brindley Woods, perhaps, to, you know, shoot at your son. And so now Sybil is just like undone by this, right? She's like, oh my God. And 
Pauline then starts crying and going on a rant about, you know, Sybil, like you've always been the great lady. You don't know what it's like to have people laugh in your face and talk behind your back because you're a baker's daughter and they think that you're nobody. Well, I am somebody. I'm the wife of the 19 Viscount, a black raven. And I'm like, that's exactly what you did to Emma though. You acted like she was a nobody because why? No reason given. No reason at all. You thought you had arrived and you thought you were better. But now, but now, you know, you're like, oh, well, they were nasty to me and they discounted me because I had humble beginnings. But now I'm the wife of the 19th Viscount. So, you know, I am somebody. So those who are regular people are now beneath you, even though you used to be a regular person. That's what makes you trash. So we're, we're basically, we do not know, like, cause they did not wrap this up because that was it. Like that was it. Like Sybil apologizes to Jessica says, I'm going to take Pauline inside, proceeds to take her inside. And that's it. Okay, so there's some thanks from the inspector who's like, oh, have you ever thought about being a detective? And Emma is like, no, no, that's that's not my area, you know, but, uh, you know, I, I'm just a, a logical person. I see some stuff. I see some stuff. You know, my cousin do, too. You know, it just it runs in the family. Title drop. So anyway. This was. A decent episode. I appreciate Emma, her fashions, and really like the red hair really brings out Angela Lansbury's like blue eyes, like blue hint of green eyes, like beautiful, right? The makeup was a tiny bit harsh, but it works. You know what I mean? And just all of the outfits were appropriate for the Emma character and sufficiently different from the Jessica character who may have worn the same outfits, but in a different color scheme that was more appropriate with who we know Jessica to be, right? She's not a showgirl. She's not out there, you know, singing and dancing and in theater that that's maybe in her younger days when she was doing community theater, but the teacher life, the wife of a real estate agent, the world-renowned author. That life is much more conservative dress with a little bit of pizzazz as opposed to Emma, who's all pizzazz with a little bit of professionalism when appropriate. (laughs) So, and we got to hear Angela Lansbury sing, which is always a treat. It really is. So that's what made the episode on the more positive side. Now, the issues with the episode, I'm going to do this real quick and close it on up. One, we have no idea if, well, okay, I take that back. We are to assume that Pauline poisoned Rupert and Jeffrey. We're to assume that because nobody has said that she has not been arrested. She's going to go inside and lay down. I don't know. She's probably going to be sedated or whatever. They're going to call the doctor. I don't know how um, rich people um, in England are dealt with when they have murdered somebody, um, when they are perhaps a hysterical woman 
or playing the hysterical woman card, how that works out in that society in 1987. I don't know. But remember, she was a baker's daughter. So she ain't getting too much of the high society treatment after today. Um, so we don't we don't know. But we're to assume that she did. Um, yeah, nobody, they never did the, we never got the results of the autopsy of the 17th Viscount, which is Rupert. Um, yeah, we didn't have a funeral, a memorial service, nothing for Jeffrey and Emma is going back home to London. So I don't, it's the same country, you know, she could just get on a train and come back up, but this is a whole mess. Like <laughs> we don't see Arthur again. Like he's not there for the reveal. He going to have to divorce her. Like what does this mean for him? Is he going to have to abdicate the title because of this scandal? Then does that mean that Johnny's going to get the title? Cause Derek is in no way ready to get the title. I don't know. I don't know. There's a lot of loose ends just dangling out there. So that's that on that. Okay. <laughs> There may have been other loose ends that I, I just don't know about, but Johnny's going to be all right. Well, we don't even know. Like he, he's in money trouble. Is somebody going to give him that hundred thousand dollars? Are they going to murder him? I don't know. I don't, I don't know what his situation is either. So all I know is he did not murder his grand uncle or his uncle or shoot his nephew. That's all we know for sure. Anyway, so that's that on that, okay? <laughs> An interesting episode to watch if you really don't dig deep and realize that once it's over, that there's a lot left to be explained. <laughs> they could have easily made this a two-parter so we would get more Emma and a, another song or two would have been super amazing, actually. But or an episode and a half that that would have been the perfect amount of time for this because they could have wrapped this stuff up. But anyway, so next week we will be talking about if it's Thursday, it must be Beverly. This is a spicy episode. OK, spicy. So I'm looking forward to reviewing it with you guys. But until then, you can find me on Instagram at the Fletcher Files pod on Instagram. You can find me on Facebook Meta. Are we still doing the Meta thing? I don't know. Facebook Meta. Okay. <laughs> At the Fletcher Files pod page. And of course, in the description box, there is the link to my Patreon, the Fletcher Files pod on Patreon. A lot of new content. We have the Highland Fling just went up last week and there will be more content. Storytime Egypt is going up this Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. <laughs> I'm shooting for Wednesday. Don't quote me, but it'll definitely be up before, by or before Friday of this week. And I will see you all next week, Sunday at 5 p.m. for, if it's Thursday, it's Beverly. Okay, until then, promise me you'll have an amazing week and I promise I'll do the same. Until then, bye.